0: The European Patent Office Podcasts bring
1: you an insight into, into the technology, technology and innovation
0: shaping the world. Welcome to Talk Innovation, the EPO's podcast. Today's episode is the latest in a series in which we're talking to winners of the European Inventor Award 2021. My name is James Norton, and today I'm joined by Henrik Lindstrom and Giovanni Fili, winners in the SME category this year.
2: Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much.
0: The full details of the winners of the European Inventor Award 2021 are on the EPO website, EPO.org. And today's guests are respectively CEO and CTO of Exeger Operations. They have developed an efficient, affordable and versatile solar cell film that can be used to power self-charging electronic devices such as bicycle lights, Smartphones, e readers, and sensors. They plan to produce millions of square meters of their patented invention called Powerfoil every year. So, congratulations to both of you on this award. Uh, Giovanni, maybe we can start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about how you first met each other and when you started working on solar technology?
2: Yes. And again, thanks uh, for inviting us. It's a pleasure to be here. I met Henrik the first time during spring 2009. Uh, we met in, in a cafe, actually, and uh, we discussed around different uh, versions and ideas around the, at the time, very immature technology called dye-sensitized solar cells. And we decided to uh, hop on a venture together and uh, try to develop transparent solar cells for facade integration. It was a crazy project from the beginning, but I had strong faith in Henrik because he has a solid background in the solar research industry. And uh, we started working together, I think it was in April 2009. And already after two months, Henrik had filed a couple of very important patents. Patents are uh, super crucial when you develop a, uh, this kind of tech. I mean, this is deep tech, right? This is really deep F- fundamental research converted into industrial production and market uh, product. So you need patents because that's their assets, assets that you need. You need a 20-year protection. You need something to build a company on to give you a long-term protection. So Hendrik started filing patents and we started growing the company. And uh, after roughly a year, we had started communicating a lot with the market and we had collaborators all over Europe. And the market asked us, the customers asked us, can you please develop a solar cell that is non-transparent, super eco-friendly like the other one, highly efficient and versatile? And and we were like, yeah, sure, we'll develop a new solar cell. So, you know, there's four other technologies after 90 years of research and and, uh, it's basically impossible to develop a new energy source. But Henrik didn't care about that, so um, we had a breakthrough moment on an airplane. We we're flying back from Germany, and uh, uh, we started discussing different things. And suddenly said, "Yes, yes, maybe wait. There's something here." And he started scribbling on a napkin. And after 15 minutes, said, "Yeah, I think I think I can solve this." I've thought about this in my previous, you know, I, I have, I have something, I have something, I think I can solve it.
0: And, and was that the moment when you, you thought you had a real powerful invention then?
2: Yes. I mean, and I, I, I didn't fully understand the the invention at the time. He was really talking fast and scribbling and explaining. And, and then it took, so, okay, what do you need from me? And I said, well, okay, on Monday, I need you to go and buy a, a, some, some machines. I said, sure. I drove around Stockholm city and I bought this stuff used to save money, of course. And then it took him a couple of weeks and he said, boom, I did it. It works. Our idea is working. And he, um, he, I mean, he, he, he came to me and said, okay, i got good news and bad news. Uh, and what do you want to hear first? I always say good news first, always So <laughs> good news. Okay. It works. It's the best solar cell in the world, potentially. And you know, we can do this, that, and blah, blah, blah. He was really happy. I said it's fantastic. Let's do it. Well, the bad news is we can't do it. I said, okay, why not? Well, uh, because there's nothing to do it with. We can't source the components. Can't can't buy the machines to do these things. I made all this all this by hand, more or less. So that was a funny moment. And uh, I said, yeah. Well, let's do it anyway. He looked at me and <laughs> okay. And that that's
0: uh, that's how it started.
2: That's how it started. Yeah, that's that's the real birth. I mean, we have had we have had the company for a while already, like more than a year, but this is the true birth of Exeter.
0: Your background, Giovanni, is, is not in solar technology, is that right? You, you've worked in different areas?
2: No, it's not in solar. So um, I have a broad background from entrepreneurship since the age of 15. I'm a business person. I, I run numerous companies. I've been in different fields. I've done a lot of things, but uh, this is the best thing ever.
0: I was going to say, is this the most exciting thing you've you've worked on?
2: You can't invent a new energy source. You can't. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible. And we did. So it's, it's it's just amazing. This is a once in a lifetime. Everyone dreams about these things. And now we're here. We are in the factory. We are 220 people running around every day in the factory. Things are going really well. And it's all based on on this this coalition between me and Hendrik. When we join forces and science meets, you know, business, technology, science becomes technology, then becomes commercial product. All the time, iterating between us. That's the DNA of Exiger, and that's how we still run the company.
0: So maybe now's a good time to turn to Henrik. Then, and we've heard about the, the breakthrough moment about the invention. Can you tell us a little bit about the next steps in in developing and then commercializing uh, this idea?
1: Yeah, thank you for inviting me, and I'm really glad to be here. And uh, so I have to describe um, the reference, which is like standard solar cells. Uh, I have to say something about them in order for you to understand the invention that we have made. So bear with me. Uh, uh, Basically, all existing solar cells in the world, they have a light absorbing layer. Uh, that absorbs the incoming light and converts it into electricity. Uh, Also, um, all solar cells, they have a current collector that is electrically connected to this first light-absorbing layer. Um, The crucial function of the current collector is to extract uh, electric current from this light-absorbing layer and then conduct this current uh, out to an um, outer electrical circuit charge a battery you know to drive a motor or or a lamp for example the problem with the standard current collectors available are manifold Uh, first of all they are very very inefficient to conduct away the current which leads to large efficiency losses in the solar cell Uh, secondly all current collectors are positioned you know In front of the light absorber, uh, you know, between the the, the absorber and the light source, which means that the current collector absorbs maybe 10-20% of the incoming light, which lowers the efficiency of the solar cell by the same factor. Uh, Thirdly, the standard current collectors are very expensive, uh, and that's actually why Giovanni got me to think about this in the first place. Uh, finally, I should say, um, since the current collector has very, very poor conductivity, uh, so in order to not lose lose too much power, it's actually nice to add a second current collector, like a conductive grid pattern on top of the solar cell as a, like an extra supporting current collector. And this extra layer makes the solar cell look less aesthetically aesthetically appealing and less attractive. Uh, it becomes ugly, simply. This extra grid layer also shades the cell and um, and removes light as well. So, yeah, the solar cell area becomes decreased by that layer and the power is reduced even more. So many problems with, with the standard current collectors out there.
0: And, and are those problems, have they contributed to the lack of take-up of, of solar power, do you think?
1: Sure, but no one has made anything about it until we did it, actually, because you get used to it, you know, and you you start to live uh, with a problem and you get used to it and f- start to find ra- ways living with it. it. becomes a culture and no one is doing anything about it, but it's just there all the time. And then, but this time, because Giovanni asked me actually to, we have to remove it because it's so Extremely expensive. So, 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 how do you remove it? I mean, we have to make a new current collector then, you know, and break all rules. In my invention, what I scribbled there on this napkin was actually I i, I was thinking maybe I can move the current collector from the front side to the back side of the light absorber. I was just thinking about it. If it's possible, so good, then uh, it has to be a new material then, you know that new material has certain properties and what would there be to gain by doing that? I was just contemplating and thinking about it. It would mean that there's no need to add this extra supporting conductive grid on top of the solar cell. So even more light would hit the solar cell thanks to that. And of course, the solar cell would become much more aesthetically appealing. And since this new current collector has extremely large conductivity, it's possible actually to make a very large beautiful solar cell with high efficiency so everything (laughs) looked good on the paper that airplane me and giovanni was actually summarizing you know writing bullet points and dream dreaming up how great everything would be if we could you know achieve this somehow how long did it take from from going to having the
0: idea on paper to actually testing it out in practice
1: as soon as we arrived and came back to sweden giovanni Uh, went out and bought this um, roller mill we had to buy special chemicals and special papers stuff and we started we had to employ people you know actually project workers and we did lots of uh, validation you know experiments and then finally you know I, i think it took weeks months maybe one month two months before we had something um, but then we realized that this was only the first, you know, steps, I mean, I had the proof of concept, but we were far away from anything, you know, real, it Was still a dream. Really. Do you remember a point where you,
0: you thought this is it, this, this proves that it works. And, uh, you know, now I, I can, uh, I've properly tested it and I'm confident that we have something.
1: That was half a year later. Uh, when I came to that because then we did the first really, really successful experiment uh, borrowing some equipment from a company here and uh, we made a really, really promising uh, experiment there and then I was quite certain. But then it was still far away from from where we are today uh, you know, still get big gulf between the production of real solar cells. It was still laboratory sized, small samples you know, not even close to, to, to something that you would call a factory or manufacturing
0: so maybe we can move on to where we are today then uh, giovanni so today you have a factory you have products um what, what kind of level of manufacturing are you at
2: and and where do you see the future so today we have um, built the first factory it's um it's a scale-up factory obviously with um it's not fully automated it's partly robotized we're working on it all, all the time but it's a bit crowded. Uh, we produce thousands of cells uh, every day, of course, but our ambitions are much larger than that. So the new factory we're building will be done by the end of next year. And there we will be able to produce up to two and a half million square meters per year. So between 250 and 300 megawatt uh, production, if you compare how they usually uh, calculate it. We also have a big lab and during COVID, we, we, I mean, everyone suffered, of course. We were fortunate enough to have a um, good balance sheet. We had a lot of cash in the bank. And we took a decision when COVID came that, okay, during the pandemic, we're going to increase research. We're going to expand. When we come out of this pandemic, we will be stronger than ever. This came true. So during this period of time, we have developed a new technical platform. Where we're now specialized for IoT, so uh, Internet of Things products, indoor smart home products, sensors, remote controls—you name it, a lot of, lot of products. I can say it now; it's going to official then today in this podcast, first time ever, we will announce that next month, so Q4, we will um, release our new technical platform where we have increased efficiency with 50%, 50. Yes, 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 for indoor and. uh, We see huge huge market demand, and it is the greatest challenge of our time. And I think we might be the last generation that can actually do something about it. We are now shipping headphones, like thousands of headphones every day. It's a small amount of energy, but it's an enormous amount of devices.
0: And the kind of products that you mentioned, you mentioned uh, headphones, I think helmets is another one, isn't it already? Where do you think it will go in the future? What kind of products will we see this on
2: in the future? Definitely, enormous amount of IoT. All the small devices that are connected throughout the world, indoor, you know, in people's homes. We, we, our targets are smart. Is a smart home market so for any any person, but also the smart workplace, where we see an increased demand for uh, smartness in relation to safety we only we need to increase the safety of, of workers throughout the world like smart work helmets smart hair protection smart work wear clothes where we can assist in, in increasing safety while for example collecting data about health you know breathing pulse temperature how 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 is everyone doing is someone lying down I shouldn't be lying down you know someone got hit in the head how bad was it we can have sensors there so a lot of this relates to safety and convenience and cost. A third, part, third um, part, of course, is the cost reductions. You can save a lot of money instead of having to go and change batteries in things every year. You can just allow it to use the ambient light and just charge for, you know, it can be for 10 years or whatever.
0: And Giovanni, you mentioned the importance of sustainable technology and obviously there's a lot of awareness uh, around that now a lot more than they used to be but you know there have been times when there hasn't been that awareness i mean has has that been a challenge as you've been building the business you know has it been a challenge to get investment and
2: to get support the, i mean uh, absolutely now it's it's uh, shouldn't say it's easier easy but it's easier than before when we started working with this in 2009 uh, it was difficult i mean how do you tell an investor you know what we're going to try and develop a new solar cell uh, only for times in the world ever that succeeded (laughs) we're going to try and do it and if it succeeds it's going to take 15 years to develop a full industry so please give us your money and you know see you in 15 years that's of course extremely difficult (laughs) especially in sweden being such a small country we don't have the ecosystem like silicon valley where you have successful entrepreneurs that just pump money back into the system but um i think we we managed to explain our vision and I think the combination of this deep science, extreme you know, scientific knowledge that Henrik possesses and his team, together with my contribution and, and my guys you know, from the business side, we managed to explain and translate the, the innovations we had at hand and the visions we had. People understand it, they want it, and the largest global pain point, the largest problem in the global consumer electronics industry is the battery. Everyone agrees on that in the whole world, regardless of where you go. So we we knew this this is a huge thing. And if we can contribute to solving it or partially solving it, that's great. So, Henrik,
0: as someone who's worked in uh, solar technology for many years, many decades, I think, um, are you pleased to see the the new awareness now about um, the the climate emergency and renewable energy? And are you optimistic about uh, how
1: we're approaching these challenges? Yes. Uh, I am to take a practical example. The way you will be using our headphones, there will be an app in the phone, for example, that tells you how you are behaving. You no, know, it will teach you <laughs> to charge the batteries in your headphones. So you become energy aware, just like people are aware of. of uh, you know, today it's obvious that you you don't throw a PET bottle, you know, in the bin. You you, you put it in special places. Aluminum cans, same thing, uh, and. This was not the case you know, 30, 40 years ago.
0: And um, as we're recording this podcast uh, in uh, September, we've just had an announcement from China, another one from the US, uh, looking ahead to the COP26 uh, meeting later in the year. Do you feel like there's more um, enthusiasm and more um, uh, support now from governments and from the uh, politicians for, for renewable
2: technologies? For sure, I mean, I'm really happy about the Chinese announcement uh, like that you mentioned now. and. it's it's becoming increasingly difficult and almost impossible for any politician or large corp not to do something. Climate change is here. I mean, that's that's just how it is. I think that the combination of these renewable energy sources combined with the big battery uh, factories becoming now in Europe and all over, it's going to become a norm, a standard. There's no way back now. There's absolutely no way back. Everyone needs to take responsibility. And we can help there and allow people to, to to be responsible while without changing their lifestyle too much I think it's a big step and then with all the new energy efficiency projects we see new construction materials coming out reusing uh, like waste products making them into isolation materials there's a lot of a lot of good things happening so I'm positive as well
0: that's good to hear. And Henrik, as someone who's worked in this area for a long time, uh, did you hope, did you expect that we would come to this position where it, it has now been recognised or, or did you fear that it would uh, not come about?
1: I didn't get, uh, think that we would get this far, actually. So. But it, it looks good. Many things have to be done, I think. Um,
0: There's still, still a long way to go.
1: I, mean, I agree, Henrik. I mean,
2: education, you, you talk about that a lot. We need, to, we need to do something. We need to educate the people On a much higher degree.
0: Education about science or about uh, the economic impact or everything? Uh,
2: No,
1: like climate change, environmental change. It's um, it's serious. It's deadly serious, the, the climate change. We have to do something about it. It's teamwork across the planet. Once you understand things and know things, you learn things, you start to change behavior. And it starts at a very young age, of course.
0: Do you think it's something that should be on the school curriculums? We should all learn about uh, how to look after the climate at the same time as we're like learning to drive or something like that.
2: Yeah, more or less. And that's why we're trying to. We also think that technology can help, can help to drive the change. So if we can, you know, manufacture products that all people want to use, that they love to use, and show them through the app, like Hendrik described, we can show people how much they they're they're charging, how much they're gaining just by harvesting the light around them. And it can be converted and aggregated scale. We can be converted into, you know, how many tons of CO2 have we saved this year, this month? Every all the users of this and that product. So we need to visualize. We need to collect data. We need to visualize what what's happening. What's every, What's everyone doing? And explain the 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 connection between what you do and the result on a global scale. So this is interesting. And Are you
0: optimistic that younger people today, that you know, the future generations have a better understanding and, and a greater interest in, in climate? Change?
2: Oh yes, oh yes, oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. Much, much, much. I'm super optimistic about them, but we need to we need to get some big stuff done as well. We need to look at how can we. I mean, in Sweden now we have some big initiatives to start to manufacture green steel. You know, the steel production is a huge source of CO two emissions. That's terrible, and also cement. At the same time, we need these things to, to, you know, to build our societies. But now we have two big projects in Sweden that that they're competing to become the first green steel manufacturer without any CO2 emissions. So that's going to be that will greatly reduce our country's uh, CO2 emissions. So we need the big efforts, the big programs, as well as the things that we do that are small but on a huge scale. Many people.
0: Well, thank you very much. And finally, uh, as I said, you uh, congratulations on winning the European Inventor Award this year, um, Giovanni. Can I just ask you very briefly, in a, one or two sentences, uh, what was your reaction to being announced as
2: the winner this year? I was so amazed. I mean, winning this kind of award is just is crazy. You would never dream about that when you start a company like this. So, it wasn't I was so happy for weeks. You know, I celebrated with my wife and. Then me and Henrik, we had a great dinner, and it was just an enormous moment. So Henrik, for you, it's the culmination of a very long career in
0: uh, solar technology. So what have been the biggest uh, influences on on your work and the biggest uh, people that have shaped your work?
1: Oh, If I would mention only one person, it would be um, um, Michael Gretzel, uh, Professor Michael Gretzel uh, in Lausanne, Switzerland. Has been working with this within this area now for more than 30 years uh, still g- going strong <laughs> he's in the 70s now we, we're collaborating with him and uh, it's actually partly thanks to him that we also have the second platform technology that she one was talking about this 50% increase efficiency he's still going strong st- still showing the, the same enthusiasm and passion yeah. I want to thank everyone at the whole company, of course. And did you
0: both have an opportunity to celebrate winning the award?
1: Yes, we have. We went. We took. A, I mean, it's Corona time, so I think we. It was only allowed to be two people at the table in a restaurant. So me and Giovanni, we went and had this really amazing dinner just in Stockholm. You know that we don't do that. We have never done that before, but it was just me, Giovanni. <laughs> Booking a table together, just like a couple, a pair, you know. <laughs> it was really,
2: <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it was amazing. But it's a, when you think about it, like we did that when we sat there that night, and you start to think, reflect upon the fact that you spent 12 years together working on one thing every day, going to the office, thinking, working with the same thing. It says thousands and thousands and thousands of hours sort of dawned upon us. That's, I mean, that's almost crazy, you know, to do. But that kind of relentless, just dedication, that's needed. You'll never succeed if you don't have that.
0: Well, it's suddenly delivered results by the sound of it. And it sounds like there's a lot more to come in the future. So we look forward to hearing more about how things develop uh, in the next few years. So thank you very much indeed to both uh, Giovanni and Henrik for uh, joining us on today's episode of Talk Innovation, the EPO podcast. Uh, Thanks to both of you. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you very much.
0: And thank you also to everyone who has uh, listened in to today's episode. As I mentioned, this is part of a series of interviews with European Inventor Award winners for 2021. And all the previous episodes uh, can be found and downloaded on the EPO website. And I'd also like to make a final reminder to everyone that you can nominate an inventor for the 2022 European Inventor Award, but you only have until the 1st of October to do so. And that includes for the new Young Inventors Prize. So do have a look at that at epo.org nominate and uh, hurry up if you want to nominate someone. So thank you very much to everyone for joining us today. And we look forward to hosting another episode of Talk Innovation very soon.
2: Subscribe to the European Patent Office's podcast channel Talk Innovation at epo.org or on your favorite podcast platform. Let's talk innovation.